hiatus was a little longer than uh, we planned. Well, I don't know how long we said, but I think we didn't say, I think we said zero. Uh, well, it's certainly longer than zero. But we're back. We're, we're live, but we're unmiked. Now it's sounding like the Melanis Morissette song. <laughs> Didn't... Are you alright? Yeah, I just yawned. Okay. <laughs> we didn't go with our usual breakup because uh, we're just going to talk about this is sort of a special election yeah. episode. Well, it wasn't a special election, it was a regular election. But, oh, but uh, our episode is special. Yes, yes. It's a special, special episode regarding the election. because we're doing one. Yes. <laughs> That's what makes it special. And we're unmiked because we just moved and... Lord knows where the mic stuff is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it's about half the stuff in the house. Yeah, can't find a vacuum. Nope. Don't know what happened to it. We may have donated a Dyson to the new owners of our old house. That was the good vacuum. Yes, it was. Why but did we do that? Why wouldn't it be here? Well, I don't know. I'm sure. I understand. I'm gonna ask Mom where it is. She doesn't know either. Okay. Well, yes, we had an election. Did we? Because it seems it's like it's like Groundhog Day, isn't it? <laughs> it's very much. Like Groundhog Day, uh, very, very few seat shifts. I I believe the final results are the Liberals gained one. They must be so happy. The Conservatives lost two. The Bloc gained two. The NDP gained one. And the Greens lost one. Yeah, that's uh, exciting stuff there. <laughs> Edge of your seat. Nobody. That's worth six hundred. That's worth every penny of six hundred ten million. <laughs> Nobody won or lost um, more than two seats. Now, I, I will say, um, these are net. It's not just a ton of incumbents uh, returning because you know the NDP actually won. Uh, three seats that they hadn't held before. They stole three, one from the Liberals, Green, and uh, Conservatives. But then they lost two incumbents to the Liberals. And that kind of happened all over the country where the Conservatives won more seats in Ontario, but then lost three in Alberta and uh, a few in BC. And then the Liberals picked up in Ontario, but lost in Quebec. And, uh, and, and BC and, and like all over the country to uh, just really come out as everything's the same. I have to say, I think the big winners of the night, unfortunately, were the Bloc. Because they only compete in Quebec, so they just picked up two seats and held on to all their incumbent seats. And they were projected to lose seats at the, for most of the election, and it was only after the debate that um, uh, they started to gain seats, and only because the moderator essentially did ask uh, Yves Francois Blanchet, why is Quebec racist? <laughs> and they didn't take well to that. Yeah. You know, it... it Solid question, though. Yeah. Well, she didn't say it outright, but she, you know, said um, the, the, the bills about wearing, uh, you know, religious garment in a public sector job the um, only French language bills. Yeah, and she calls those those racist, which I agree they are. I do think, however, as a debate moderator, she should have phrased it better. Like, it's her job to be impartial. 
So she could have said, some are accusing these of being racist, but she said these are racist bills. <laughs> um, so I, uh, and that got a lot of French people really irked. Yeah. And so he managed to pick up two seats. They were supposed to become the fourth party. The NDP were supposed to surpass them in the seat count. That didn't happen. Um, so yeah, $610 million of the taxpayer dollars later, and it's basically the same. And the thing that really irks me is how can, you know, when he, when he called the election, Justin Trudeau say, we've lost the confidence of the House. And then after the election say, uh, the moment we face demands real important change and you have given up this parliament and this government clear direction. Well, he didn't say they lost the confidence of the House. He said that the other parties had become impossible to work with, so he needed a majority to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. That's not quite what I remember, but anyway. That's what, uh, that's what I... Maybe, maybe... Either way, he still doesn't have a clear direction. He didn't get the most votes. Yeah, again, for the second election in the row, he didn't get the most votes. Um, which is a... A clear problem in our system. To me, the only good thing to come to that is maybe the conservatives will start getting on board for proportional representation. I I don't see that happening. Like maybe they'd be. No, they still wouldn't be the leaders, but they'd be because they'd have the most seats. They'd have the most seats, but by a smidge. But but liberal NDP would be one seventy, I think. Would be over one seventy. Oh yeah, and they would form a coalition a hundred percent. Uh, oh, you're getting a phone call. Yeah, let's just pause this. Okay. All right, phone call dealt with. Okay, I don't remember what we were saying. On last. a regular episode, I probably would go back and edit it all out and make it sound nice and smooth. But mostly, it's it's for you. We just want to get this to the people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So we just want to get this out there to the people. Uh, do you remember what you were saying? I feel like you were talking about I was talking... The last thing I... I, mean, I think I was talking about his his... Now, apparently, we were talking about proportional representation. Yeah, conservatives. And is conservatives leaning that way? Yeah, but they're not. (laughs) They should be. It's in their... They've won the most votes the last two elections. Yeah. They'd have the most seats. They'd have more power. They're never... They're in trouble with with any sort of... With the merger of the reform, they're in trouble. Okay, but the... the, I I agree. I agree. And, And clearly now, I mean... I think this is going to raise a lot of questions for them, and I'll get to that in just a second. But, like, should they be um, supporting proportional reform? Yes, because A, it's the right thing to do, but B... Hey, that, they never do that yeah, that's the right thing to do. But more appealing to their side of things, it's selfish. It's very selfish of them to do that, and so that's what they should be doing. Um, but, I mean, and, and maybe... Many, to be fair, not many parties do things because it's the yes, right thing fair, to do. fair, fair, fair. Um, Maybe amongst the younger, more open-minded conservatives, uh, it will start to take root, but that's like three people. And I don't mean just three MPs. I mean, of the entire party membership, that's like three people. So it's not going to get... I mean, this is the party that recently voted down a resolution that essentially said just climate change is real. It had no actual mandates in it that made the party do anything. It basically just said climate change is real. And 51% of the party voted against that resolution. Yeah, well, this that's, is, that's understandable. <laughs> it's, 
it's ridiculous. I mean, so I, I mean, this is the party that is against change, against progress. That's what they're doing. That is basically the fundamental ideology that their party's built on. So they need to make this sound like it's a step backwards. Yes, if they did that, they just need a good salesman. Buy it. There's good salesmen out there that could put this in a way that. You know, they you can sell what is it ice ice cubes to a Eskimo, which you probably can't say anymore. Yeah, I mean they just well. changed the name, and it's about to be Aboriginal Day. I might edit yeah. this out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, I mean, what do you say then? What do you say then if it's not that uh, ice cubes to an Inuit? Is that right? I would just change it to something and say it like selling snow to a polar bear. Yeah, his polar bear's just gonna eat you. <laughs> that's not the point. Um, but yeah, that's the, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Well, there's the, really no way, there's nothing you can say in that, uh, saying that isn't going to be based on stereotype. Yeah. It might just be a saying we need to abandon. <laughs> like everything is going to be based on a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. No, that might just be something we need. That might be. Maybe just change it to. Uh, yeah, you're a really, really good salesman. <laughs> Selling shower rings as earrings? No, that doesn't work. That's a plane, trains, and automobile yeah. reference yeah. for a conversation that we had that the viewers, listeners, were not privy to. No. Which makes it a really bad joke. Segway. Just a, a slight off-topic conversation. Dylan just watched recently two classic comedies, City Slickers, which I think you enjoyed, right? Yeah, it's a good movie. And Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's better. I think it's better. I would agree it's, with that. It's better. It's it a is, better movie. It has a couple of the funniest scenes. That the whole from from the point where he gets on the highway driving backwards, <laughs> and the guy's going, "You're going the wrong way," and Steve Martin says, "How does he know which way we're going?" <laughs> and John Candy's like, "You've been drinking." And it's a ridiculous CGI scene, like the skeletons and the... Yeah. Gold. It's a stupid, stupid scene, but so funny. And the car becomes this charred mess. And then they get pulled over. Just when you start to calm down from that, they get pulled over. And the officer comes up, and he lists everything that's wrong with it. And he's like, but the radio still works. Do you really think this car is roadworthy? I honestly do, officer. <laughs> I really do. So funny. Uh, yeah, it was. And then the course between two pillows. Mm -hmm. Classic, classic comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, when did oh, Steve Martin go gray? Uh, 28. <laughs> like... No, you look back at old SNL. Yeah. And he's gray. <laughs> Birth, I think. <laughs> he was born with a full head of hair and gray. <laughs> Which, of now Steve Martin in That's SNL and Martin Short, we're excited because it's Tuesday. Which means another episode of Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Only Murders in the Building. That's what I said. You said Only Murders in the Building. No, I didn't. I didn't. We can go back and listen later, but I definitely <laughs> didn't because I always say that and then I purposely well, didn't. that's what rolls off the tongue more easily. That's what it should, should be. That, yes. But it's not. But anyway, great show. You should watch it. A bit funny because you get hooked on it and that's how it sort of starts off is them listening to a thing that they get hooked yeah. on. So anyway... Anyway, the conservative. We have veered. <laughs> we have taken a right yeah. turn. I, but I think the question, you know, the conservatives need to ask now. Because, you know, the issue they've been fighting since 2003, 
when the Canadian Alliance merged with the Progressive Conservatives is the social conservative side of the party versus the socially liberal side of the party. And um, it was firmly like believed that uh, we could hold together because we believe uh, we, we, we agree on the economic side. And if we get together like that, we, we beat the liberals and we get into government. Because neither party, we can't, we can put the social stuff aside and deal with it separately because if we remain separate, we can't get into government. We cannot beat the liberals. And uh, that's caused internal strife. Uh, arguably, uh, it's what uh, kicked Andrew Scheer out and it's what Aaron O'Toole's facing now. More on that in a second. So I think that, but now it's not even enough for them to get the most votes to beat, to beat the liberals. Yeah. And they just did election 2019 where they had a social conservative at the head and they couldn't beat the liberals and they just had one who had a very social moderate who ran on a very moderate platform probably the most moderate platform that the conservatives have ever run on and he couldn't beat the liberals with that either so neither of those beat the liberals both got more votes than the liberals but that wasn't enough to beat them so i think the one of the questions the conservatives have to ask themselves is what is the point of us not being fulfilled on the social issues, specifically the social conservatives are going to be saying, what's the point of us putting aside our social beliefs to stay in a party that doesn't believe in um, ending abortion, that supports gay marriage, and so what's the point of us supporting this party if it doesn't even get us into government anymore? What's the point? Yeah, they need to wait for the liberals to piss off Ontario. The, I mean, when was the Liberals more pissed off? When was Ontario more pissed off at Liberals than 2018? They weren't, The obviously. year before 2019. They weren't, obviously. Well, they were provincially. Yeah, oh, I'm not talking about provincially. I know we're not talking about provincially, but most people can't tell the difference. Yeah, I think they can. I uh, think they can. I think they know. I think you know when you're going for an election. Uh... You know, and yet I think people don't mind more change provincially and more stability federally, mm. and 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 a bit more, maybe a bit more of the wings provincially. Like the NDP was elected in Ontario once. provincially yeah, once, but it's happened. People are willing to go to the extremes provincially, but federally, everybody's mostly a centrist. We don't mind. I think Canadians on the whole, I'll think we pay too much taxes, but I don't think we think the tax system is completely unfair. Maybe rejig it a bit so that people that are making, you know, a, a reasonable amount of money can afford a house uh, to live in. Mm. But, uh, but mostly we don't mind paying taxes because eventually you'll use those services or a loved one will use those services or even if someone, you know, somebody's going to use those services, especially healthcare. Yeah. Um, yeah, should be federal, but that's another story. But uh, so, so you know, ultimately, I think they just want to stay in the middle, and and then whereas federally, they they don't want to take those same risks, so they just stay in. The, that's why they stay in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And possible. and in general, I also believe Canadians, the vast majority of Canadians, believe in. Uh, do what you want with your own body. I shouldn't have a say. Even if you, even if you personally are say anti-abortion, it doesn't mean 
you know, just because I just because I would never get an abortion. Well, for for many <laughs> reasons, more reasons than just personal choice. Doesn't mean I think I get to say who gets to get an abortion. Yeah, right. That's a that's a two di- vastly different things. And I think most Canadians, I, I think I'm a fairly average Canadian. I think that's where most Canadians live. I think what happens in the bedroom, uh, who cares? Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. It, I don't care if you call yourself, you know, if you want to re-gender, re- whatever. You do you. I'll do me. And let's just get along. Yeah. And I think that's where the vast majority lands. And that's why, you know, once you have this this anchor of the social conservatives, the, 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 they'll never win. Yeah, they, they definitely weigh you down. And it's a strong attack from the liberals and the um, uh, uh, NDP, because even when you have someone like Aaron O'Toole, who ran an extremely moderate campaign and may end up paying the price for it in his own party now, um, um, even though he ran as a moderate, and he has been, very, like, it's not even like he changed positions or is willing to compromise or everything. He has been, for his entire political career, as far back as anyone can track, pro-choice and pro-LGBTQ rights, essentially. But he stands up with a party that two-thirds of it just recently voted against a ban on conversion therapy. Yeah, and that's the, that's the thing, is that I used to... I don't... I'm not a member of a party. I will vote with... Whoever I feel puts up the best platform for that election, either locally or provincially or federally, depending on where my stomach turns the least. Mm-hmm. And and that's who I vote for. And I got to say, those things are non-starter for me. So I, I, I don't think I've voted conservative since the merger, whereas I used to vote PC all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it, I agree. It's a non-starter unless, like, I don't care what your leader thinks yeah. if most of your party doesn't think exactly. it. Exactly. I don't care if it's in, even in the official platform that, um, well, it's not even in. They, they just took opposition to uh, same-sex marriage out of the platform in 2016, I believe. Um, so the opposition isn't in there, but it's not very clearly supported, and a lot of your members don't. A lot of your members have very vocal pasts that they have never walked back from on opposition to um, same-sex marriage. And, and like, that's a non-starter. And then a lot of them have opposite. I mean, Andrew Scheer, gave, while he was leader, gave speeches and supported uh, pro-life protests. Um, that is a non-starter for me. I will never, ever vote for a party like that. Yeah. And, and that is, that is going to be a problem that the conservatives... Um, uh, face down the road because more than even now, my generation supports those things. Well, yeah, I think I think the conservative base is, um, you know, dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's they're they're gonna have some serious problems. So you know, day after the election, already there's people calling for Aaron O'Toole's head, and there's people calling him for to support him. Uh, I think it would be a mistake for the Conservatives to get rid of him because I think that Canadians grow to trust people who stick around. Um, That's what I said earlier. Stability federally, for sure. Yeah, so the more elections he's around for, um, uh, 
the more likely people are to vote for him. At the very least, I would give him one more election. You know, if he can't at least grow the party with one election, within one election, uh, if not win, then 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 I would get rid of him. Um, uh, I I would give my my general rule for the liberals and the conservatives is two elections, and if you can't win, uh, or at least if you can't make gains in either election, you're done. So Trudeau's gone. Uh, <laughs> Well, he won. No, he didn't. He won. The way I count is whoever gets the most votes wins. <laughs> well, unfortunately, our system works. It's whoever gets the most seats wins. Um, so yeah, he didn't. He didn't win the but he won the seats. So he, he's keeping the party in power enough. So he he's gonna stay. Um, listen, I mean, if I were a liberal, I would I would kick him out. But he, he's gonna stay. I give a little bit more for the smaller parties. I would I, I give him a little more wiggle room. Um, took Jackson. Except for enemy Paul. <laughs> well, bye uh, bye. That's the thing. Is that the shortest leadership on history <laughs> in Canada? For not an interim leader, possibly it was less than a year. Yeah. Um. Uh, Talk about a rapid uh, decline. Denouement. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, the Greens. Let's talk about the Greens for a second. Um. So Amy Paul resigned because she was facing the leadership review on November 25th and she said she didn't want to go through it. So she resigned. Because um, she knew she was going to get get fired. Yes, and, and there would be a lot of attacks and speeches against her and then get fired. So she just resigned. Um, we've talked about the green drama before the election on a podcast. We might have. I don't know. We haven't done. We, we did. We okay. did. We did. I remember talking about Jen Catwin leaving and Annie Paul's advisors. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we, we did. Um, bills. Uh, and then so anyway, she ran the camp election, um, and you know what? A lot of people liked her performance in the debates, and I heard a lot of good things from her debate performances. And I agree, she did well in the debates, um, but. Unfortunately, the results, I mean, you look at the numbers for the Greens, it is, there's, there's almost nothing good that happened. They went in, they left 2019 with three ridings, Fredericton, Nanaimo Ladysmith, and Saanich Gulf Islands. Is that Elizabeth May? Yeah, Elizabeth May is Saanich Gulf Islands. Um, they left 2019 with those three seats. Fredericton, obviously, Jenica Atwin crossed the floor to the Liberals. So I think... I would say I would not hold it against her to lose this seat. I don't. I if she had lost in in, in a different way, I would say, yeah, that's fine. You you were expected to because she's going to get all that liberal support. And the liberals came in second in two thousand nineteen in that riding. Plus, Jenica Atwin herself is going to carry some green voters who are more Jenica Atwin voters than green voters. Yeah. So I think that riding would have been very difficult for them to win anyway, but. I would have hoped they would at least come in, if I were a Green, that they would at least come in second or at least a close third. They came in a distant third. They got, I think, 19% of the vote in that writing. That's not good. That's not great. That is not good. How many votes in that writing? Yeah, that's... That's probably 19 votes. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's really bad for a writing that you won two years ago. Not even quite two years ago. So that's Fredericton lost. Nanaimo Ladysmith, you won it in 2000. The Greens won it in 2019 by-election. The 2019 federal election lost, came in third again, 
closer this time, but still came in a writing you've won twice. You're now coming in third behind the NDP who picked it up and the Conservatives. Not good. Especially for a relatively popular MP. Paul Manley was relatively popular. Yeah. Elizabeth May wins her seat, but that is Elizabeth May. Yeah. Elizabeth May is very, very popular nationally and in her writing. So that's Elizabeth May. Annemie Paul came in a very close second, a shocking section, second in a Toronto Centre by-election not long ago um, that, uh, you know, the Greens had been right irrelevant. After she became right, yeah, shortly after she became leader. You know, and the Greens had been irrelevant in that riding before. Um, you know, distant fourth place finishes. She comes in a close second. That's shocking. The federal election, where she is more nationally seen than than she has ever been before, comes in a distant fourth. The only pickup is Kitchener Centre. They won Kitchener Centre, which in any other election would have been huge to win in the middle of Ontario for the Greens. Yeah. But on top of all those losses, plus the fact that it was a Liberal incumbent who uh, very early on, accused of sexual misconduct, uh, fell into fourth place, which let the Greens come through, and a very popular local candidate. A lot of people have said it's not a green victory. Uh, it's a, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but it was that individual's victory and right. he decided to run as a green. Very popular local candidate. And that's why they won Kitchener Center. And on top of everything, they ran their smallest slate of candidates since 2000 in 21 years. Why? Because they couldn't get enough people in every riding nominated. Right. They, uh, you know, uh, you could say it wasn't a lot of time which it wasn't a lot of time. But also, if your party's popular enough, people step forward and they want to run with you. Yeah. But they ran the smallest slate of candidates. There's, you know, there's 338. I think they ran 252 since uh, uh, 2000, which makes it no wonder why they got their smallest percentage of the proportional vote. Yeah, and what um, was, and how, yeah, how big was it proportional uh, vote? I will look it up, but uh, it was not big. And all of this off the coattails of their best ever election in 2019. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Like, like what a fall. Yeah, it's, so she was done. Yeah, there's no... Like, how do you walk away from that? How do you not walk away? Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2.34% of the vote. Nationally. Nationally. In 2019, the Greens got... Uh, three points... Uh, sorry, 6.55. So third... Third. A third. Oh, yes. Yes. Not good. Another depressing number is, um, yeah, no, they fell 4.21 percentage points. Do you know the overall voter turnout yet? Yes. Uh, is that what you were just about to say is another depressing number? Yes. 62.3%. Uh, for comparison, 2019 was 67%. Uh, it's the lowest since 2011. Yeah, I wonder if in general, like, when it's not every four years, if they're lower. Uh, or I wonder people were so fed up with this, thought it shouldn't happen. I wonder what effect COVID had on it. Well, I'll tell you that 17% of the requested mail-in ballots weren't counted because they were didn't get there in time. Well, I mean, maybe they didn't get there on time. Maybe they weren't putting the mail on time. Yes, that's what I mean. 
but that's, uh, you know, 17% of people. Um, I talked to a few people because I worked for the federal NDP this, this election. Um, a few people I talked to on the phone said their mail-in ballot never came that they requested. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I, I got that a few times. Um, so that, uh, you know, low voter turnout is not good. Um, conservatives do well when there's low voter turnout. So that's even worse for the conservatives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, that I said lowest you know, since 2011. That's just the older people that don't weren't coming because of COVID, and that's a conservative vote. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, you know, a lot of people, I've heard a lot that the pandemic showed people more than they've ever felt before that big government can help them. Big government has a role to play in certain, in, in society. Um, wh- whether or not, you know, you agree with that, that is to say people started to feel that in the, in the you know, if, if so if you, maybe, you know, some people who have voted conservative always or often uh, felt that, you know, they realized probably quite fairly uh, you know, I wouldn't be getting $2,000 a month that I'm relying on uh, if it was the conservatives in charge. They would have got something. It would have been much smaller. Mm-hmm. And it would have been cut off earlier. Probably. At least if the conservatives acted how they said they would in opposition. Which never happens, but... <laughs> exactly. You just don't know what would have happened had it been anyone else in power. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know, but, but I mean, ideologically... Yeah. It's less likely with the conservatives. So people maybe voted liberal that haven't voted uh, uh, liberal in a long time, or or wouldn't have if uh, with the popularities and the leaders and the history and everything without the pandemic. Um. So yeah, that's that. Uh, uh, what else? What else? There was something else I want to talk about with the election. Um, we haven't even touched on the NDP. I wasn't going to talk about the NDP. Let's talk about the NDP and see what. Uh, uh, if, if it comes back to me, what I was going to say. Um, the MVP um, had a worse night than we were hoping for, for sure. But it's not as bad as it looks on the surface, I argue. Because, I mean, the MVP was hoping to make gains. We were hoping to break 30 seats, hit 40 if we did really well. We walked away at 25. And so it's a lot less than 40. It is a lot less than 40. It's significantly less than 30. Yeah. Uh, it is one more than we entered with. Yeah. Um, change. Yeah. We, we picked up... We picked up three seats, including one in Alberta. That was huge. And we lost two. And I think we lost two because those were the only two we had where we didn't have incumbents running. Uh, Where were they? Uh, St. John's East, and I think the other one was Hamilton Mountain. It was definitely in Hamilton, but they all are Hamilton something. Um, So it was a Hamilton one. Um, So we lost those two. Our incumbents had retired. uh, And it's harder to win a seat when you don't have your incumbent, especially for the NDP. So we walk away with net one, even though we stole one from each of the other major parties um, outside of the block. so that's not doesn't look good that on the surface. Um, we were the only national party to increase our vote percentage. 
Um, sorry, the only major national party. The other two parties that did PPC. were the PPC and the Bloc. I don't consider the Bloc... I mean, they've run... They're a federal party, but they're not a national party because they only run Quebec. And the PPC didn't even win a seat. I'd like um, to see the block run in any other provinces. Just to see what happens. Well, they'd get banked. They'd, they'd, go, they'd run out of money and then they'd have to shut down. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, it'd be interesting if they ran Ontario because there are some Franco-Ontarians that maybe yeah. would appreciate the yeah. representation. Maybe. Um, anywho. Uh, yes, so uh, of the, what you might consider the big four, the Conservatives, Liberals, NDP, and Green, only party to increase our vote percentage. Green um, is a big four. It's a part. It's a it's a party that has seats that runs in every okay. province territory. Right. Um, the uh, got two percent of the vote. Yes, it's hard to call that big. But anyway. <laughs> they have a seat per percentage. <laughs> um, anywho, we increased our vote percentage. Um, even if you just compare us to the Liberals and the Conservatives, I'll take it. That's good. Um, and then we, very frustrating, we lost a lot of ridings by narrow, narrow margins. If you consider the fact that most ridings are won by more than 5,000 votes. Most ridings are won by more than 5,000 votes. Many ridings are won by more than 10,000 votes. Yeah, like ours. <laughs> yes, like ours. Um, the NDP, by a mountain of votes. Yeah. The NDP lost in Toronto Danforth by less than 200 votes. We lost in Vancouver Granville by less than 275 votes. We lost in Hamilton Mountain by less than 1,000 votes. We lost in Toronto Danforth by less than 2,500 votes. We lost in Parkdale High Park by less than 1,500 votes. We lost in the Northwest Territories by less than 1,000 votes. We lost in um, uh, one other one in BC by less than 2,000 votes. We lost in Kenora by less than 5,000, less than 4,000 votes. Like, if voter turnout had been 2% higher, we could have won three more seats. And that is partially, those two things together is partially why, even though some people are calling for Jagmeet Singh's head, I would support him through one more election at least, because if he can increase our vote percentage by the same amount he did between the last two, which was just 2%, but that 2% could win us Toronto Danforth, Davenport, St. John's East, Vancouver Granville. All the ones you just listed. Yeah, essentially. Like that could and that would that would put us over thirty. Like oh, twenty-five plus oh so there's like a dozen or something. Yeah. Right. I, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but uh, like we could have right, so won. voter turnout to go up by two percent plus your share to go up by two percent. Yeah, or even if voter turnout was just uh, back to 67, which was what it was in the last one, yeah. um, which wasn't our highest ever, but it wasn't our lowest ever. You know, I would say it's about average. If Or let's just even say 65. If we went to 65 and we just increased our vote share by 2%, we could have won those seats. Yeah. The other thing I was going to talk about, um, Spadina, Fort York. 
a riding in Toronto where uh, the candidate, the liberal candidate, um, uh, came to light that he was charged with sexual assault in 2019, I think it was. Uh, charges were dropped. The accuser maintains it happened. I don't know the details of why charges were dropped. Um, he failed to disclose this to the military when he joined the military, and he failed to disclose it to the Liberal Party when he ran for the nomination. It came out in the media a few days before the election, um, and he still won his seat. He won his seat um, so worse by than Alabama. <laughs> very narrow margin. Um, he intends to sit as an independent. His name was on the ballot as a liberal because it was too late to change that. But he will sit as an independent. He's being pressured to resign. He says he won't. Yeah, even his own party is saying, listen, just resign and do a by-election. Yeah. That's a fair... And run again. And just this way... It's fair. All the cards are on the table. Exactly. If you win again, then you're in. <laughs> but the thing is... Justin Trudeau wanted him to win. A hundred percent, Justin Trudeau wanted him to win. And this is why. And this is the evidence. And why. Five, I believe it was five days before the election is when this comes to light. Your candidate was charged with sexual assault in 2019. The charges were dropped, but the accuser maintains it happened. You claim to be the feminist prime minister who believes women. I would say, even if you're not the feminist prime minister who believes women, the smart thing to do is just drop them. Just drop them then and there. No. Justin Trudeau pauses that candidate's campaign for three days, and on the fourth day, he drops them. That's two days before the election is when he's officially dropped. The story starts off small. It's one candidate. It's not the first candidate that was dropped by a party uh, because of sexual um, uh, uh, misconduct allegations. Mm -hmm. um, it was the most serious, but not the first one. Um, and not the first candidate to be dropped in the election. The Conservatives dropped some for Islamophobic comments. The NDP dropped some for past anti-Semitic comments. And the Liberals had to drop a few for sexual misconduct. Um, it happens. And that's, I, I understand to a degree, because you got to vet 338 people. And when the, the writ drops all of a sudden, you know, human error. Things slip through the cracks. But that is why you drop the candidates. Justin Trudeau paused it for three days, and then he drops it two days before the election. So it's two days... For the NDP and the Conservatives to call around and say, hey, we're your only options now. The NDP especially, because this is a liberal stronghold. They could have started calling before and saying, hey, do you know, uh, you might not want to vote for your liberal guy. Yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't. Um, I presume there was some sort of reason. Um, but you probably I, It's tough to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, he was never convicted. Yes. So, so anyway, um, uh, so, and all of this was after the advance vote and a lot of people had mail in their ballots. Right. So it didn't give a lot of people, didn't give the other parties a lot of time to like scramble to let people know that, hey, don't vote for the liberal candidate. His name will be on the ballot next to the words liberal 
but he's not a liberal, and he did this thing. He's accused. He's accused of this thing. Uh, And we know he didn't disclose it, which is suspicious. Um, Anyway, if there had been more time, if Justin Trudeau just dropped him right away, and the other parties had spread the word throughout that riding over a week, the NDP probably would have won it. We lost. That was another riding. We lost by less than 2,000 votes. A former Liberal stronghold. We would have won it. We would have picked up that seat and we would have held it until the next election. However, if this guy, Kevin Vong's his name, he wins as an independent, or rather with the Liberal next to his name, he wins. Trudeau pressures him into resigning and wins the seat in a by-election. A real solid Liberal seat that he can hold. This guy, this, even if he couldn't pressure this guy to resign, he sits as an independent and is irrelevant. As opposed to if it was another NDP seat, it empowers another party. Yeah. So, strategically, Justin Trudeau comes out on top if this guy wins. Be it because he sits as an independent and is irrelevant, or because he resigns and the Liberals win it in a by-election. So he purposely hoped that guy would win, screwed over the other parties, um... And that is why he paused the campaign for three days. Because why did you need to pause the campaign for three days? Why did you need to do that before you came to the decision? What were you thinking of? What were you looking into? Evidence. What do you mean looking into evidence? This isn't a police investigation. All you need to know is he was accused and you're a quote-unquote progressive party. You drop him. Yeah, and he didn't disclose it. And he didn't disclose that's, it. That's, that that enough should be enough to drop him. Yeah. Like, the only reason he paused it was because he wanted him to win that seat. Maybe. I mean, I will. Ta- I maintain that. I would say that to Justin Trudeau's face. Next time. I, <laughs> um, Do you think he's that uh, strategic a thinker? Uh, I think he's that manipulative and power hungry. Mm-hmm. No, but would he even think of it? Is all I'm saying. Uh, yes, I think so. Um, that's why this, it took him three days to realize it. <laughs> so, uh, bit of good news. Um, Heather McPherson. Go listen to the Heather McPherson episode. It's one it's of the, our least listened to episodes. I know. And it's, it's our the, best episode. It is. Yeah. We had a literal MP on the podcast. Yeah. Go listen to it. It's good. Anyway, Heather McPherson. Love her. Um... Won by the largest margin of any other NDP candidate. That's good. She won by almost 20,000 votes. Good for her. Um, she was great when she was on. Yeah. I liked her a lot. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, and, you know, uh, she increased her vote share by a lot in that riding. And I have to say, I think that just comes from being a good MP. You do a good job, you get rewarded. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, I don't know if she's a good MP or not, but that's generally true. She is. I, I lived under her as an MP. She is. Oh. She answered all my emails every time. <laughs> um, and I send a lot. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, um, we we're going to talk about... Uh, uh, oh, 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 the other thing I want to say. Proportional representation. We're talking about proportional representation. Um, one of the arguments for against proportional representation is that... Um, it will just result in a whole bunch of unstable minorities and we'll never have a stable majority again and nothing will ever get done. I would argue minority government's always better than the majority government, no matter what. Um, but say you take that argument 
uh, uh, proportional representation, you will never, ever, 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 ever get a quote-unquote stable majority. We have first past the post, with that you get stable majorities. Maybe in the past, since 2000, five of the last seven elections have resulted in minority governments. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just, it, the country's just too split right now. Yeah. Like the West but, is all blue. I mean, you look at the country, it's land-wise, it is mostly blue. Yeah. But... It, you know, um, 2003, Martin minority, 2006, Harper minority, 2008, Harper minority, the real key. 2019, Trudeau minority, 2021, yeah. Trudeau minority. When did the block start? I think that's the key to it. Uh, uh, the mm, 90s, I think. Start making like inroads and getting seats in the House of Parliament? Well, they were the opposition in the late 90s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. It just seems like if you take the Quebec seats out of it, it's a lot harder to get a majority. Yeah. Right? If, if most of those 30 were split, you know, almost 40. Yeah, 40. Yeah. No, they got 30 plus the ones they didn't win. Yeah. So 40 seats are split, say 70% liberal, 30% conservatives, they have the majority. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The block could be playing spoiler. Um, but, you know, also the People's Party uh, played a bit of spoiler in this election. Probably cost the Conservatives a few seats. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. There's 6% of the vote, I think. I mean, I we'll no, double check, but... No seats, but but they're taking enough votes away from other Conservatives that that the another party's able to run out the middle and win. Yeah, the Liberals most of the time. Most of the time, but... Might have benefited us in the Edmonton seat we picked up. Um, the People's Party got uh, uh, just under five. Okay. Just under five percent of the vote. Almost uh, eight hundred forty-three thousand two hundred and two votes. Uh, Maxime Bernier actually did surprisingly bad in his riding of Bose. Um, it was. It was uh, very surprising. I expected him to lose, but to do better. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I just think they ultimately will need to join the Conservatives again if they want to have a shot. But it's just you can't have a party taken. 5% of the vote away from you every, everywhere you go. Yeah, well, I mean, five, 5 doesn't sound like much, but 5% of the vote all to the Conservatives would have given them certainly a minority, if not a majority. Yeah, for sure. Like, for they, sure. they... that would it's not going them, from PPC to Liberal. Yeah, that, that put them, uh, you know, over... Like, that 5% probably would have put them close to 40% of the vote. That's majority territory. People have won majorities on less than that. Yeah. Um... So that's, uh, that's, we'll see, they might keep playing spoiler. This might, uh, this might also be a, uh, uh, outlier because they kind of niched the anti-lockdown, anti-vaccine people. Yeah. Um, so. Maybe we'll still be fighting in four years. Who knows? Yeah. Well. Two years. Let's be honest. Another minority government. We're going back to the polls in. That's the other thing, you're paying, you're paying so much more for elections with minorities. But if you have proportional representation, you know it's going to be a minority, so you can still schedule it for four years. Yeah, so absolutely. You guys have to work together for four years. Yeah, well, Go. Angela Merkel 
is the longest serving G7 leader. Never was she governing a majority government. Yeah. Because they have proportional representation. Yeah. The the you know, maybe there's a few years of growing pains, sure, but by and large, when you know you're not going to win a majority, you are prepared to make coalitions. And you have your regular coalitions. Yeah. In a proportional representation system, we would be largely governed by a liberal and NDP um, coalition, I think. And, and they would fight it out in the election to try to get more seats, but largely, when it comes down to it, they would govern a coalition just like the center-right CDU, Angela Merkel's party, and the center-left uh, SDP uh, governed Germany together for the past, you know, 30, yeah. not 30, but like 15 years. It'd be interesting to see, like, would the party make a coalition with the bloc to get power? That's the question, right? I, 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 I've, I'm very interested to see that uh, because... Well, no, it won't. It can't happen. Um, I don't think. Anyway, Francois Legault, Premier of Quebec, um, uh, basically said that the Conservatives or the Bloc are the only two parties that are good for uh, for Quebec. Um, and so, if the Conservatives had won enough seats that the Bloc would bolster them, I wonder if they would have done that. Yeah, it's a, it 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 might help you for four years, but it would. But I think it hurts you for the next fifty. Yeah. People remember that. I'll tell you, if somebody, any party, joins the block, I would move for them. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It also, you know, we, it's almost impossible to say how it would be under proportional representation because voting intention would be different. That's uh, true. 49% of Canadians said they voted strategically. Um, I don't, you know, and there are re regions where I get that, but Halton is not one. Yeah, no. Um, but but 49% say they vote strategically. Um, those people would have voted differently. 49% of people who voted would have voted differently if we had proportional representation. So that's difficult. Well, you don't know that, but... But likely. Yeah, it's strategically, but it's also comfortable. Yes, okay. But would, would you say at least 30? I don't know. I, I'd be shocked if it was that high. I think most people go in... I think most people go in thinking either they're going to vote for the Conservatives or the Liberals. Most people. Maybe. Uh, uh, the NDP would have done better, so would the Greens and yeah, the PPC. for sure. For like, sure. They would have done yeah. noticeably better um, with proportional representation. Uh, the, no, but it uh, does take strategic voting out of the equation. Yes, it does. And, you know, uh, the Conservatives would be two parties. They wouldn't need to run together. Yeah. You know, and maybe they end up in coalitions together, but they wouldn't need to run together. The Conservatives would be two parties. To be honest, the NDP might be two parties. The Social Democrats and the Democratic Socialists, you know? It could split. It needs uh, to get the better names in the Well, group. yes. What am I again? <laughs> the, the, the Greens would be bigger. The PPC would have seats. Uh, plus, you know, like, um, um, with, the, with the proportional representation results, how things look now... Uh, the Maverick Party would have won a seat. Which would have been um, cool. That, yeah. uh, so things would be very different under proportional representation. 
And but you would end up with those solid coalitions. Germany just had an election. Did you know that? No. Germany had their election, the first one without Angela Merkel leading the CDU in oh. however long. And uh, the CDU crashed. And, CDU and, sounds like the team from Criminal Minds or something. No, it's Christian Democratic Union. Oh, okay. It's their main center-right party. Um, anyway, they did their worst. They had their worst ever election results um, since they became a party. Um, still came in second, but uh, it's also the first time uh, no party broke 30% of the vote. Wow. Um, the Greens in Germany skyrocketed to a third place from sixth. Wow. Um, and uh, the so SDG, that shows you how many people are just voting for Andrea Merkel. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, she's not running, then uh, vote my conscience. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas, again, first past the post, they may have still voted for that party to keep things stable. Yeah. Um, so the SDP is coming out narrowly ahead in, in Germany. Now they get to form a SDP? SDP. Oh. Social Democratic Party. Gotcha. Um, Anywho, that was this aside interesting. So, anyway, very boring, despite the fact that we've been talking for nearly an hour, very boring election for us. Yeah, well, very boring result. Yes, that's true. I like the election process when it happens once every four years. Yeah, uh, and we'll see. It will be interesting to see if, if Aaron O'Toole survives. And I, we'll, yeah, what the fallout will be. It'll, it'll, honestly, it'll be interesting to see if Trudeau survives. Really, You're this not, was not a big. This was not a vote of confidence for him. No, he. But you know, if your guy's prime minister, you don't kick him out. That's never happened. It's ever. never happened. I I know he's going to survive, but I wonder what will happen next election. Yeah, that will be. That especially will be. if he calls it in twenty twenty three. He calls. You it. know they're going to go after him on that. Yeah, but uh, it. You know the the average Canadian. Minority government lasts, lasts a year and a half. Well, do better. <laughs> In order to get to that average, you need to have longer ones. Yes. And we'll see if, uh, if Jagmeet Singh survives. I think he will. I, 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 I think he will. But we'll see. I could be wrong. Yeah. It was... The NDP did want to do better, 100%. They were expecting better. So, we'll see. I heard the ground game was very bad. Um, running plays? <laughs> like uh, the on the constituency level, there were there was a lot of uh, poor communication in, in writings and like bad strategizing. Which is, I mean, if you listen to the Obama book, that is what won him the presidency. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I if I'll tell you this: if the NDP doesn't pick up at least five seats in the next election. I will be voting f- to kick out Jagmeet Singh in the next leadership review. Really? If we don't pick up at least five seats? Um, I mean, let's see. Okay. Well, I mean, if you pick up five, if that's your criteria for every election, uh, in what, how many years till NDP have every seat? Well, no, that's not for every election, but just the next one. You know, I think we want modest gains. Um, I think five seats is a big, a bit of a big jump. Jack Layton went from 19 yeah, to 27 that's, that's, to 32 to 103. Yeah, but that, uh, he's not Jack Layton. No, but I think, uh, I, I think he's... Maybe like he could him. develop into something like that? Well, I mean, the, 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 he did so much better this election than the previous election. Like, like, not the results, but the way he conducted himself and carried himself. Yeah. 100%. So, so yeah, I want to give him the time to do all. 
the national landscape might be completely different. Maybe I'll like completely understand if it's the exact same, and I'll think, well, there's no way anyone could have done any better. Mm-hmm. Might change my mind. Yeah. But the way things are, yeah. Plus, you have to concern yourself of the the racistness in Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's a joke because we talked about it earlier. Yes. <laughs> okay. I just want to clarify. People might have forgotten <laughs> or just tuned in. That's true. Fast forwarded to the beginning. Why would they do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this thing works. <laughs> I don't know how this kind of ending unit works. That was an attempt at old-timey talk, but yeah, I, it, it was not. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I thought we'd continue at least the, um, it's been so long, parting thoughts, parting thoughts section of our podcast. So, Dil, do you have any parting thoughts? Not particularly, other than I think we're probably going to be dealing with some election debrief a little bit every week. Yeah, it's uh, interesting that we didn't, as this fall, Mom will be happy, we didn't talk about the U.S. once this week. Oh yeah, there we go. No U.S. mentions. I don't really know what's happening much in the U.S. because I've been hey, so focused COVID's on bad. COVID's bad, uh, Haitians at the border being treated yes. poorly. Um, I saw, uh, I was reading today, uh, like Alberta is the equivalent of Florida. Like, like they're, they're talking about triaging people that are going to the hospital because they don't have the care for it in the IOC. I, it's pretty bad out there, but it's amazing if you look at the numbers. Um, 0% of the severe life-threatening cases are from the unvaccinated. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. And yeah, 10% of the moderate cases are uh, from people who aren't vaccinated. And of double-vaxxed people, 90% of double-vaxxed people who get COVID, um, it's, in other words, it's like a cold. Yeah. Like mild, mild, mild symptoms. It's so the moral is get vaccinated. Um, you know, Ontario just had its one day high uh, of vaccinations a few weeks ago. Most people ever vaccinated a day. I think it's because of the vaccine passports. Yeah, probably. Um, so that's good. I did see, you know what, though? I want to say one more thing about the election because I just read it uh, not too long ago. Um, Justin Trudeau set a record this election for the lowest number of votes gotten for a party that is going to go on to govern. In Canada. In Canada. Never has a party that won the election got fewer votes. Oh, good for him. <laughs> yeah. You really don't have an applause uh, yeah. sound here. <laughs> so good job. That's quite the legacy. And I hope it bites him in the butt. Yeah, well, I think... Uh... I'm, I'm actually looking forward to getting somewhat on a regu- regular schedule for these again. That'll yeah, be nice. Absolutely. Um, the the it won't be Sunday nights anymore. I can't do Sunday nights. I started a new job where I get up the night before. It's not even like <laughs> it's so uh, so Sunday nights are out of the question. But maybe it'll be Friday night, or maybe it'll be Saturday, or something like that. And it might not be weekly. It might be bi-weekly or whatever. But it'll we'll be more regular it. than this. It will be more regular than not for four months, and then one travel episode, and then not for two months, yeah. and then an election episode. Yeah, more regular than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then speaking, we were talking about healthcare. I had a bit of a healthcare uh, ordeal yesterday, 
and I don't like to pile on in sort of rough times, but the, um, you know, I, and I don't necessarily blame the hospital entirely. I didn't want to go to the hospital. I didn't want to go to an emergency room. I know what I had. I have gallstones. I had a gallbladder attack. It just wasn't going away. Like it had been four days. I hadn't slept. So I had to, I had to go see a doctor so they could give me something so I could sleep for a night. So I might have a chance of beating it. So I went to one walk-in, they don't have doctors, they, all you do is you walk in and then you can arrange um, voice calls. Then you walked into the next walk-in, and this is, this is weird about the walk-in, so there's people standing there waiting. And then there's a uh, thing set up so you can't get within four feet of the desk to talk to the person. And then they say, what's wrong? <laughs> So you just have to yell it out in the room with everybody in there. <laughs> I don't want to yell it. Yeah. Like, you know, erectile dysfunction. Can I get in? <laughs> like, like, what? I don't want to... I don't. So, you know, like you're having this really loud conversation about gallstones. Uh, and then they wouldn't let me in. They had a doctor, but they wouldn't let me in because uh, abdomen pain is a sign of COVID. So if you have any symptom of COVID, you need to do a phone consultation first, and then they maybe will bring you in the next day. <laughs> I have abdomen pain, so we can't let you in. It's from the knife in my gut. Abdomen pain is a symptom of COVID. Like, I can't let you in. I know what I have. It's I don't have COVID. I'm double vaxxed and I have COVID. If double vaxxed, I've had COVID, don't have COVID. Yeah. I've had it and I'm double vaxxed. And if double vaxxed means nothing, why do we all do it? <laughs> like for our own health, but now is the time for the government to say, you know, yeah, okay, you're double vaxxed. Yeah, we'll, we'll let you see a doctor. Yeah. You have abdomen pain, but we'll let you see a doctor. Yeah. So I'm not getting into any walk-in. So that's out of the question. So that's disappointing. So the, my, my really only option, if I want to see somebody, is the emergency room. So I, I roll into the jo Georgetown Hospital at 3.01, thinking, I know it's an emergency room. I'm probably going to be here five or six hours. Um, but that sucks. But, you know, I need to see someone. And uh, so I, I got... First thing you do is the COVID screening. They let me in despite the admin, abdomen pain. <laughs> and then they give you a number. I, I was uh, 27. Yeah, 27. And they were at 11. And this, the lady that was 11 had been there since 10.30 in the morning. It was 3.01. I'm not saying they started at 1 to 11. Like we were on D11. So maybe there's a whole C series and B series before that. An A series, right? Yeah. I don't know, but but she'd been there. She was chatty, so I know her pretty much whole story. <laughs> but uh, she, she was an older lady, but she was there at ten thirty, three oh one. She's getting in to get her uh, registration done. Now it could be she's just a frequent visitor; they know her, so they decide to slow process her to to uh, deter her from coming to chat with everybody in the hospital because that's literally what she did. <laughs> so. At 4.30, I get in to get my, to get uh, triaged. First step's triaged. So that, that's okay, that's done. Hour and a half. Okay, that's not so bad. 
Five minutes later, they call me in to get registered, which concerned me initially. I'm like, you know, was I, I said, I said to the woman that was registering me, I'm like, I've never been so sick. They pumped me to the front of the registration line. And she said, oh no, it's just registration. You still have lots of time to wait. Don't worry. And, uh, so that was, I mean, probably wasn't five minutes later, probably 20 minutes later. So, so 4.30 and then it took 10 minutes and then that 20 minutes later, five o'clock. So I'm registered now, it's like 10 after five or something like that. And she said, the next step, they'll call you for blood work. That won't take long. And then you have to wait for it to be done and then wait to see a doctor. Okay. So we go out, wait. 6.30, 7, 7.30, it's 7.30. So people are, other people have been there longer than me. Other people, that woman's, the woman's still there. She hasn't seen the doctor yet. She goes to get her blood work done maybe around seven. Like she's been there since 10.30, she's getting her blood work done at seven. And this is an old woman. <laughs> like she probably needs to be home. And, uh, and so then, other people are complaining and, and, and people are talking to them, trying to talk them down. And they're like, we know once you're registered, it's, it's a seven hour wait. So that puts me at 1030 because I got registered at four. Oh no. Yeah. I got registered at 430. No, I got triaged. I got registered at five. So that puts me at midnight. I get up at 240. It's 730. They said, there's nothing we can do. There's been a lot of accidents tonight. We've had a lot of ambulances coming in, emergency people, we're in an emergency room. We need to take care of the sickest people first. That's what we do, which I totally understand. And they did a decent job of, of, of communicating that, I gotta say. I think they could have done it more than once every five hours. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they're busy. They have uh, just a, P, uh, you know, a PR person out there, then they aren't in there doing the job. Yeah. So, um, at 7.30, I'm sort of leaning up against the security window, uh, and a doctor comes out, knocks on the window, it opens. I wasn't on the part that I didn't fall in or anything, but it opens, and the doctor says, we have a chopper coming in, turn the helipad lights on. And then at around the same time, uh a young physician's assistant or something, I don't know, a guy that was not a doctor, but helping out. Yeah. Was talking to another guy and a woman actually. And she said, when, when, when am I going to get blood? I've been here, you know, six hours, seven hours. And he goes, let me see your name. And he goes back in and she goes, okay, comes back out. He goes, okay, you're next in line for blood. But after blood, it's seven to 10 hour wait because we're just, we have a lot of emergencies. So I'm assuming it got bumped because of the helicopter people coming. Yeah. They don't bring you in by helicopter if they don't need to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so that probably takes five or six people and they'll be working on them for a couple of hours, right? Like easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they're saying seven to 10 hours after you give blood and she was next in line. So best case scenario for me is I'm the guy in front of her in line and I wait seven to 10 hours Yeah, and it's, and it's quarter to eight. That's three in the morning. That's when I leave to go to work. <laughs> and I, fine, you know, I can skip work, 
but there's just no way you can sit in a hospital for from from three o'clock in the afternoon to three o'clock in the morning. Twelve hours. How are you supposed to spend twelve hours in a hospital? It's just not feasible, and that is why uh, I don't expect the emergency room to do this. I think there's too many people that go to use them. First of all, yeah. There's too many people that go out of city. Like tons of people go. I'm thinking of going to Guelph if I need to go again because you know it used to be. Even we did it when we lived in Brampton. We go to Georgetown because you get through quick in Georgetown. You wait for hours in Brampton. But everybody discovered that. So now everybody <laughs> from Brampton goes to Georgetown. Now you wait for hours in Georgetown. <laughs> so there just needs to be better options. Good rule of thumb is if you have time to drive to a hospital that isn't your closest one, you probably don't go to the emergency room. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but uh, there needs to be better options. Hospitals need to be better staffed. Hospitals need to be better staffed. We need to not yeah. fire a ton of nurses. But nurses, it's not the nurses, it's the doctors. Well, we need more doctors, but also, I mean, if you had, you know... Or you make nurse uh, practitioners. Yeah. More I mean, nurse practitioners that can yeah. make decisions. Yeah. I think, like, the last time... But also, I mean, it's also space. It's not like you can... It's not like if there was... It's not like they could have 30 nurses in there. There's no room for them. Well, I mean, you just make it. But I, the last time I went to an emergency room, there was um, one woman working the desk, doing registration and triage, and there was some sort of third step. And so she did that, and then you went over. Then she did a few people at the registration, and then she did a few people at triage, and then she had to spend some time entering a bunch of stuff into a system. You yeah, have three the... different people at those stations, you get all those things happen at once. But only... Oh, I'm that... tapping the table. <laughs> that only helps if getting three people through in ten minutes means then they can be seen by someone. If there's no one to see them, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, so they also need to hire more doctors, but I, if there was... Less people doing multiple jobs, things would move faster. If there's enough doctors to make the call to see them. Otherwise, you just end up with the wait at the next step. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't... Okay. If, if, if you're getting processed fast and then still waiting for seven hours because there's one doctor, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, maybe more nurse practitioners or doctors. But still, I don't understand why I couldn't go to a walk-in. Like, I have to be able to go to a walk-in. Even if I had COVID... I should be able, there should be a process to get me in to the walk-in. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, put a big plastic sheet over me and, and you know, bring me through the back door. Whatever <laughs> it is, I need to be able to go see a doctor. Yeah. Not at the emergency room. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Probably less people would be at the emergency room if there was walk-ins open. Yeah. Well, they were open. That's the, that's the frustrating part. So fresh. I try not to go to the emergency well, room. I mean, I don't want to tax an already tax it, especially in this time. Yeah, I know the doctors and nurses are overworked. I know they've been working hard for two years. Yeah, I know they've been working without breaks, without lunch. Like I know, but I had no other options. Yeah, and I ended up bailing. I ended up and leaving at eight o'clock. I left. Yeah, because I couldn't. There's, I just couldn't. I couldn't even face the thought of sitting in that little chair. That if you get up to go pee, you lose. <laughs> for another 10 hours. Yeah. It, that's the thing, right? It, it, they're open, but 
if you can't see somebody because you might have a COVID symptom, there's a lot of things that are COVID symptoms. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Everything is a COVID symptom. Any illness. Any illness has a symptom of COVID. Are you coughing? Yes, I have a cold. COVID symptom. <laughs> yeah. Like, tickling your throat is a symptom of COVID, right? Like, it's all a COVID symptom. And then, yeah, you shouldn't have to be yelling whatever across the whatever. And I bet you they uh, probably still wouldn't let you see somebody with COVID symptoms. Yeah. Well, no, they don't. Yeah. Oh, that was the yelling. Right, right, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's the thing. Coincidence, and they need to be open. You're right. Because that, that is what people go to when they need something looked at now, but not uh, emergency, emergency room. Level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no point. They might as well shut them all down. They can, they can get those nurses to the hospital. Yeah. And help out there and close all the walk-ins because to me, they're useless. I don't know who they're seeing. I don't know. I can't think of a disease that doesn't come with at least one COVID symptom. Yeah, exactly. Like, I really can't. Headache, COVID symptom. Coughing, COVID symptom. Body aches, COVID symptom. Sore throat. Symptom. Sore throat. Fever. Chills. Stuffy nose. Stuffy nose. Yeah. What? What? Abdominal pain. What? What symptom? Tennis elbow. Maybe if you have tennis elbow, you can go to a walk-in. You maybe think you broke your toe. Probably broken bones, you can go yeah. to a walk-in. But yeah, that might be only it. That's leg pain, yeah. My admin hurts. Sorry, COVID symptoms. It's because I broke a rib. Sorry, COVID symptoms. Like I told them, I'm like, yeah. I don't have COVID. I pinned double backs. I've had COVID. I know what COVID feels like. <laughs> First hand. I need to see someone. Yeah. Nope. Wow, compassionate doctors we have in this town. What's the point? Yeah, yeah, because that's what that is. What the walk-in is? It is. I need to see somebody now, but not clog up the emergency yeah. room. No, and I was excited because it wasn't busy, but it wasn't busy because you can't get in. Yeah. So I, I was. They're I, just getting paid for nothing. Yeah, I faced the same thing. Uh, I got frostbite, very bad frostbite in my ears uh, this past winter. Working walk to school. Yeah. Did you not wearing a hat? And I wasn't wearing a hat. Did you not wearing a toque? I was not wearing anything on my ears. Um, Why would you do that in Edmonton where it's minus 40 on a regular basis? I've done it for five years and I was fine. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. I got bad frostburn, uh, frostbite. And, um, well, your ears are still there, so that's I, good. Yeah. I can attest to his ears are still in his body. Yes. Um, and I, I, now you'll be more susceptible to it. You have to wear a toque now. Yes, I know. I, the nurse went through this with me. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I had... Uh, Did she tisk you at all? <laughs> no. Um, but uh, I was just waiting for it to go down because I'd had very cold, probably lightly frostbitten ears before. So I thought, uh, oh, I'll just go down. Um, but it got worse. And I was, it was, it was bad. And I was talking to my roommates and they were like, and they could tell because my ears were about five times their normal size. <laughs> um, they were huge. The definition, like all that like lining of cartilage here disappeared. It was like, you know Odo in Deep Space Nine? That's what my ears looked like. They were like, one piece with a hole, huge and super flared. They were. You were gonna fly. <laughs> yeah. Like you were gonna fly. It's like Dumbo. Dumbo. So they could see. Is that what they said? And You're gonna take off? <laughs> when my roommate said, how long have you had that? And I was like, oh, I think I got it walking to school this morning. And this was after school in the evening, like seven hours later. And they're like, I'm pretty sure if it's not gone after two hours, you're supposed to see somebody. And I was like, I've never heard that. And they're like, I'm pretty sure it has been said. You should call HealthLink. So I called HealthLink. <laughs> and the woman was like, uh, how long have you had it? And I, uh, I described it to them. She's like, how long? I was like, oh, since I've been, you know, only 10.30 this morning. She was like, oh, okay. I need you to cover your ears. 
and you need to go to the walk-in. If you have the walk-in, you go to the emergency room. And you need to be outside. You are not to go outside without your ears without your ears covered. And even then, minimal amount of time. I need you to have the shortest amount of distance from your door to your car and from the car to wherever you're going. Don't wander around outside. Don't walk anywhere. Wrap your ears tight. It's like, oh crap. <laughs> so, uh, so I <laughs> ended up getting to a walk-in um, minutes before it closed, and they saw me because it was so bad. Um, but uh, turns out fine. I don't know if it would have helped or hurt your acting career. <laughs> it'd be it'd be typecast. Yeah, I I did I I do think I have a little tiny bit of nerve damage on the very top of my left ear. Yeah, that probably doesn't matter so much. Yeah, no, I don't think it's gonna. Say you don't do like, a lot of feeling with the top of your left ear. Yes, no, but it's just. What does that feel like? <laughs> head on it. I don't think it's gonna affect my life too much, but it feels very strange in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing is you don't know when they're getting cold because you don't feel it. Yeah, it's so just you, the just the very top, and like, like, you, like as soon as it gets, now you have to do it. Maybe you used to be able to have to do it with minus twenty, but now you have to do it at like zero. Yeah, maybe even sooner. No, but uh, I will be wearing hats in the winter for sure. Good call. <laughs> Alrighty, well, so long parting thoughts. That was a. It was a. It was nice to get back, and uh, we'll talk at you later. <laughs>